You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Hope. Is it just a word? A fleeting feeling? A stage outgrown or lost? Is hope defined by a mood, a circumstance, or a dream? Hope is more than wishful thinking. It is a person. Hope is Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus defeated death. Life is resurrected. Hope is resurrected. An eternal relationship with a loving God has been made possible indeed. But is all creation singing hallelujah? No. As we gaze toward heaven with our hearts full, is downcast. Many eyes are on the ground, on the grave. Well, can you give it up for the band and the team that led us already today? Absolutely incredible. See, our heart as we are preparing for today is around this idea of hope. And my desire is that wherever you come from, whatever burdens you carry, whatever dreams you have, whatever questions that you have, that you would experience hope today. And that hope would be something that not only transforms today, but transforms tomorrow and the future in your life. Because I love that line in the song, hope is resurrected and hope has overcome. It's a powerful, powerful statement. And actually it was written by our very own Tatiana who brought that to our community with her creativity and heart, yeah. And I believe what she was speaking into in the heart of today is that that kind of hope is the heart of Jesus. It's the heart at the story of Easter. And I believe that God reveals his hope to us over and over and over again. And so my desire for you today is that you would experience that. But sometimes we have maybe false definitions of hope. I really appreciate how Danielle Strickland says it this way. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is gritty. Hope is strategic. Hope is working now for future change. Hope is cultivated in the soil of gratitude. Hope flourishes when it's lived in the present tense. And hope is contagious when it's shared. True hope has an effect on us and the people around us. And that's the kind of hope I want to talk about today. So if we haven't met, my name is Justin Warrens. I'm the lead pastor here. I get the privilege and honor of being a part of this incredible team. And we are just so grateful that you decided to spend Easter morning with us, whether in person or online. And my desire is for you to know this, that no matter your church experience, your church background, that you are welcome. Whether you came here for the first time, you're welcome and we're so thankful and honored that you decided to be with us because I believe this place is a community that allows for us to find belonging, allows us to wrestle with the questions of life and discover what God is doing and meeting us in the different moments of our day. And I hope you feel that today. So why don't we pray? Jesus, thank you so much for allowing us to be here, to meet together, to encourage one another and discover what your hope is truly about. I pray that you meet us wherever we are, whatever questions we have, whatever concerns we carry with us, that you meet us today and you inspire us to see your hope. May these be your words in Jesus' name, amen. Now I mentioned this idea of hope has overcome in that lyric, but if we're honest, we don't always feel that. We have questions like, has hope overcome my questions? 
Has hope overcome my doubts? Has hope have the ability to overcome the storms of life and the frustrations? Does hope actually really care about what I do every single day? And we have these questions. And then there are moments where we find ourselves kind of stuck, looking down, maybe stuck frustrated or angry or hurt or, or discouraged, kind of like a snowstorm here in Michigan. How many of you are worried about snow hitting after these 80-degree 80 80 days? Here, let me show you the last snowstorm just so that you're reminded of it, right? And then, then the next question that my children ask now because of this year is like, when's DTE showing up to fix our power? You know what I'm saying? That's why my show, snow shovel is still out. I'm just, I'm holding on. But the reason why we live here in Michigan is not for the snow, it's for the summer. Who's, who's looking forward to summer? The water, yes. We get a little taste of it this week. The water, the sunsets, the boats, the activities, the being out late, the mosquitoes, it's all great. Right? And, and here's the thing. In between those days of discouragement, the dreary days and the future days, we cling to hope. And we see this in the Easter story. The resurrection of Jesus is the resurrection of hope because something happens. The anticipation begins to grow. And, and when this weekend started 2,000 years ago, it started with darkness and disappointment at the death and burial of Jesus. That's where hope was concealed. But some of us still feel that, that discouragement. And that's what the disciples felt on that morning. They were looking down in discouragement. They were looking down without hope. They had been with Jesus, had experienced incredible moments. He had healed. He had fed the 5,000. He had done the extraordinary things. And then now they find him in a tomb, gone. Their hopes have been destroyed. They were without hope. Now, Jesus had told them this was going to happen. He said this in Mark 9. The son of man, this is Jesus speaking, is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise but they did not understand what he meant. And they were afraid to ask him about it. I wonder if Jesus's words didn't fit his, their expectations, didn't fit their dreams, didn't fit their hopes. They, they were a little bit too negative and they just wanted to cling to positive. I, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like when we've experienced difficult moments, we, we kind of hold ourselves back at times because we're uncertain of what the future looks like. Or maybe in this moment where they had so much purpose, they just didn't want to be ordinary again. Have you ever had a moment where you felt without hope? A date plan that went sideways? Construction on a house that got delayed and then delayed and then delayed? A relationship that soured? A friendship that was broken? A trip that took a wrong turn? About... Uh, 10 years ago, I had the chance to take a group of high school students uh, to Haiti, and we were there to help with some of the uh, rebuilding after the earthquake, and we had about 50 of us, students and leaders, and had the most incredible trip, and on our way home, as, as half of our group landed in North Carolina with me, as we began to hit the runway, uh, the rain started, the wind came, it sounds like a storybook, you know, all of a sudden, all of this stuff started to drop on North Carolina, and when we landed and we got off of our plane, Every single flight was delayed. You know that moment that just sits in your stomach, oh no. So one hour went by, two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours. 10 hours later, every single one of those delays became canceled. And I'm with 20 underage high school students. 
I am freaking out. Like I'm, I'm like sweating as I run up to the gate agent to talk with them. And I'm like, okay, here's my situation. They're like, okay, here's your options. You can get on a Greyhound. I was like, or? Let's go with a different option. She goes, we can send these 15, uh, we can send your 20 students on 15 different planes to 15 different cities and they'll get home. And I was like, are you gonna call their mom? Are you gonna have this phone call? I was like, I, like that is not an option. And she just looked at me and was like, your choice. And so I remember walking back to the gate, looking at these students 10 o'clock at night and just completely hopeless and completely fearful of looking at my phone. How did the disciples on Easter morning when they were hopeless become hopeful? Well, it started with some incredibly faithful and courageous women who went to the tomb and they found it empty. And then an angel said these words to remind them of hope. Remember, it's a very powerful word. How he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And then they remembered his words. Remember how forgetful we are in the middle of stress, how much we lose our ability to think in the middle of chaotic moments, how quickly we forget moments and truth in life. See, in their hopelessness, this word remember broke through. An author and pastor, Tim Keller said this, we're always in a state of either remembering or forgetting God. We're always in this moment of we're, we're remembering what he's done or forgetting it and just clinging to our own abilities. In their hopelessness, remembering is what gave these disciples hope, gave these women hope, gave the community hope. So hope often is de- described as light, light that breaks through, light that breaks through the discouragement, the darkness, and begins to flood with possibility. If you've been up in, in northern Michigan and you're out at night and you see the moon, right? If, you, if you're there with the full moon, that light that shines down illuminates everything in the dark. And you can see everything because light has broken through the darkness. In the same way, hope is that. And when our hope is linked to Jesus and his resurrection, the circumstances change. The anticipation and the expectancy of these disciples begin to lift because their hope wasn't defined by themselves. Their hope was defined by what Jesus had done. He had broken through the darkness of their despair. He had broken through their struggle and he offered them a different vision. Hope was resurrected because Jesus appeared to them And then it said he appeared to over 500 people, even some of his own enemies who were against him before the resurrection because he's resurrected begins to turn toward him and follow him. Says this in his last moments in Acts 1, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. It's always interesting you think about what he was offering them as hope. He spoke about the kingdom. He spoke about what the kingdom of God is like, what hope is like, what he is like. And that kind of hope, I believe, shifts our view of ourselves, a view of our world, a view of our dreams. Like, can you imagine these disciples? Like the amount of of courage and confidence they had in this moment, they're like, y'all, Jesus came back. 
Like, do you know how awesome this is? Like, they're like walking around being like, this is the most incredible thing ever. We can do anything we want because we have Jesus and he's with us. And then Jesus kind of throws a curveball at him. And he reminds him that he isn't staying in this way. He's sending his, hope, his presence. He's sending help. But there's a shift that he, he talks about. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, when Jesus was resurrected, when he reveals hope, when he shows that hope has overcome death, he says, but this isn't the way it's gonna be moving forward. I'm sending my presence, that's the Holy Spirit, my presence to go with you. So I'm not sending you alone, but I'm saying I'm with you. It was a vision of how hope is experienced. Hope is experienced when it breaks through the darkness, but then when it's shared. It's never meant to be stagnant. It's always meant to be shared. And he said this, and then he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid that, him from their sight. This is often referred to as the ascension. It's the last moment we find Jesus on this earth as he goes and exits the world. And so if you're one of those disciples and you experience this crazy moment and you're wrestling with what to do and you were so excited and then yet so distraught and then so excited, you're like going back and forth, what would your response be? And I think they did what most of us would do. They just stood there looking up into the sky. Like that's what I would do. I'd be like, okay, seriously, is he behind the cloud? Is he coming back? Right, like I would just want him to be here, but they are caught looking up because they're just heaven gazing. It was interesting when you think about the shift in the disciples, they start looking down on Easter morning and now they begin to look up where they look down in, in maybe discouragement and frustration. Now they're looking up with hope. They're looking up for hope. They've been looking up and going, what is possible? What happens when this moment that overwhelmed us takes over? And there's something real about that. When you've experienced an incredible movie, you're like, I don't wanna leave and go back to my day. I just wanna sit here for a little bit longer. When you have an incredible meal, right? You're just like, I just want to eat this in quiet peacefulness. And when you have four children, like I do, and when they are kind to each other for 30 seconds, you're like, I just don't want this moment to end, right? Like there are moments when you're like, this is absolutely incredible. You get caught and you just don't want to leave because you have experienced hope. because you've experienced the heart of God. You've experienced Jesus. For some of us, we, we hear this moment and we wrestle it because we kind of kept God at an arm's length. Maybe we've been frustrated with him. Maybe we've been frustrated with people. Maybe we've just been disconnected, dissatisfied, but we keep ourselves at an arm's length. And yet God keeps inviting us back keeps inviting us back to experience hope. And maybe today is a day where you go from looking down to looking up for hope. Here's what happens next for these disciples. So as they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, these angels said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. 
These angels are saying, don't get stuck looking down. Don't get stuck staring at heaven. Start looking out. He's inviting us to change the places that we see and how we see ourselves in the world because the Easter story shifts from us being heaven gazers to hope givers. It shifts our hearts and our minds and our actions towards hope giving in the world. And what happens is sometimes we just get stuck. My son, uh, who's about four years old, absolute joy, has all of this imagination. Whenever he has an idea for me, and if I'm distracted, if I'm stuck looking at my phone or if I'm talking to my wife, he comes between whatever is in between him and me and he makes sure he sees me and he comes up to my face and he grabs it and he turns it towards him. He goes, dad, I'm talking. Let's go play ninjas, right? It's like he has this epic thing he wants to tell me about, but because I'm distracted, I don't hear him, but he turns me towards him. And I wonder if today God is going, hey, I have hope for you. I have grace for you. I see you. I love you. And he's turning our attention away from the things that have distracted us and said, I have more for you. See, the Easter story shifts us from heaven gazing to hope giving. He goes, I have something more for you. Do you believe me? And it's not that heaven gazing is bad. I think we need to do it. I think we need to experience the hope of heaven. But I think Jesus is telling us it's too small. Jesus is inviting us into a story where he wants to move us from maybe seasons of difficulty to seasons of experiencing God's overwhelming love to seasons of giving it away. He even told us this in his prayer. If you were maybe younger and you learned the Lord's prayer, it's called, it says this, and fill it in the blank with me if you know it. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. It's this invitation, this prayer. Jesus, when, he, when we ask Jesus, how do we pray? He says, pray this, that God's kingdom from heaven comes and meets this earth, meets it through you and me, through the hope givers. He meets it through light breaking through in powerful ways, the gift of mercy and grace, the gift of patience, the gift of forgiveness. Like this is what we're invited to do, to not be stuck looking down and not be stuck looking up, but to start looking ahead and seeing what God is calling us into, to see what is before us, to look forward into the vision, into the story that he has laid out for us. The Easter story is the resurrection of hope because it's the resurrection of, of grace. It is the resurrection of love. It is the resurrection in the power and the presence of Jesus saying, this is what I'm calling you into. And it's not the end of a story. It's a chapter that changes every other chapter that comes after it. That is what is so powerful about the Easter story is the Easter story is a gift to us. And this is what I've realized as I've been thinking about what does hope in a gift look like? Hope is always revealed on the other side of a gift. Do you realize that? Think about when you experienced hope in your life. Maybe it was the gift of somebody's kindness 
the gift of somebody's sacrifice, the gift of somebody's thoughtful words. On the other side of that gift, hope was increased, and there is no greater gift than the gift of Jesus' life, giving that to us and offering that, saying, no matter how far you've gone, no matter, no matter what you've done, no matter how long it's been, I still have hope for you, and I offer it as a gift. True hope is meant to be a gift that is shared. So as I'm walking back to that gate, all discouraged and frustrated, I didn't know what we were going to do. It was about 10, 10 o'clock at night, and uh, I'm thinking through the Greyhound option, not thinking through sending underage kids across 15 different flights. And we were at this gate the whole time for about those 10 hours, and the, the kids were absolutely incredible. And uh, the, there's a person at the gate that just is standing there, and he comes and he walks up to me. And he goes, hey. Your kids have been amazing. Um, where are you headed? And I told him we're heading back up to Detroit. He goes, well, a plane just arrived at this gate and it's heading home, your home. And he's like, I want you to get on that flight. And I was like, okay, how do we do that? He goes, give me a sheet of paper with every person's name on it and walk on the plane hope was on the other side of a gift where somebody saw a group of students and offered them an opportunity. And so as we walk on the plane as fast as we could, I'm like, get your stuff, get on the plane, go fast. Don't let them take that back. And you want to know what? It was a miracle. And then the next miracle is when he gave us all first class. I'm just kidding. No, he didn't. You kidding me? But there was something even more beautiful that happened, and I truly mean it. The stewardess comes up to me and says, hey, we heard what your students did on their spring break. Will you have them hop onto the microphone and tell the entire plane and pray for us as we take off tonight? And that flight got us home at midnight. And it was one of the greatest gifts of hope that I could never conjure up, ask for. I had been praying all day. Trust me, Jesus hadn't answered my prayers earlier. I had 15 other options I gave him, and yet it was through this person's gift that we had hope. Where are you being invited to give hope away? How are you being invited to share the hope you have received? You wanna know it's so much fun? It's to share the gift of hope with other people, to watch somebody experience something, to take it in and know that it was nothing that they could have earned but only experienced. This is the story of Easter. That we are invited not just to be stuck looking down in our lives or stuck looking up, but we are invited to be hope givers, to offer the very hope that we have received into the world. And isn't that what our world longs for? Isn't that what Jesus says when he says, on earth as it is in heaven, he has this vision of inviting us into a beautiful story of light breaking through the darkness, to break through the dark places and the frustrations and the hurts and the hangups of life and say, I have more for you. No matter your past, no matter your hurt, no matter your frustration, I have more hope for you. Will you believe me? Will you allow him to turn your focus 
away from the things that kind of just fall apart in our world, the foundation that doesn't quite hold up but begins to shake because the gift of God's presence and the power that he offers to us is more incredible than anything else in the world. And it reminds us, it reminds us that we are called to something beautiful, something powerful, something that transforms us, that transforms our relationships because hope offers life. It offers life to our souls. It offers life to our relationships. It offers life to our community. It offers life in ways where people don't see it, but it's been calling them. It offers life because our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in Jesus and he has overcome death and he has offered us life. So may we not settle. May we not settle for things that are far less than what Jesus offers, than the gift of his grace, the gift of his hope, the gift of his mercy. And may we be generous with that gift because it was never meant to stay with us. It was always intended to be given away. This chapter that we find ourselves in, the Easter story shifts every other chapter of our life if we allow it. It transforms our vision. It transforms our family. It transforms the way we see ourselves and the way we see ourselves in the world. It transforms our everyday. And no matter how far it's been since we've believed that, agreed with that, clung to that, Jesus is still saying, I'm coming back for you. I love you. I see you. I have more hope for you. Do you believe me? And even when we say, I don't know, because that's okay, because I'm patient because I love you and I see you and I can't wait till you believe that because there is life for you. You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course at kensingtonchurch.org.